morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the word of God. It's so powerful. The word of God, it's been around thousands of years. If you live by it for your life, you're going to be on the path of life and God's going to give you, take you on a wonderful journey of growth, salvation, and victory. And that's what we want to talk about today. Particularly, we're talking today about a good conscience. Conscience tells us what's right and wrong. Our conscience is that still quiet voice that speaks within us, telling us something's right or something's wrong, urging us to do the right thing, urging us not to do the wrong thing. Indeed, we want to be on the path of life with God, do we not? Paul warned us how important this was. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, where Paul tells young Timothy, This command I entrust you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may fight the good fight, keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. That's true, my friends. We're called to fight the good fight of faith. We're called to hang on. We're called to believe. We're called to never give up. We're called in a world that's fallen and has many disappointments in it to keep on believing and be strong and mighty in our faith. That's why we come here today. That's why we get in the Word of God. That's why I get in the Word of God. I want to be all that God created me to be. I realize I need to strengthen myself. We're in a spiritual battle. And if you reject faith or a good conscience, you'll suffer shipwreck in regard to your faith. I sure don't want that. A shipwreck's a terrible, terrible accident. People die in shipwrecks. And so Paul tells us also that part of keeping a good conscience is he says, in view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience before both God and men, before God and before men. It's important that we have a blameless conscience before God. This is where the gospel enters in. We're going to talk about this further in in other uh, times together here, and even how our conscience gets developed properly. But today I would like to talk about how to have a blameless conscience before men. One way has to do with what if your relationship has been damaged and it's your fault? What if your relationship with another person has been damaged and it's your fault? You said something you shouldn't have said. You did something you should have done. You hurt somebody and someone that you love or someone that in the body, someone that you should be close to, what do you do about that? Well, Jesus gave some instructions on on this in the book of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. And he tells us how priority, how how important it is, and it is a priority that we clear up and get reconciled to those people that we have broken a relationship with because of our thoughtless or improper or wrong behavior. It may have been intentional. It may have been unintentional. Often it is unintentional, but still it's something that we need to clear up and don't just leave it on them to say, get over it. You know what I mean? Jesus says in Matthew 5, therefore, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come present your offering, Matthew 5, verses 23 through 24. You notice the priority here. You're worshiping God. You're presenting a gift at the altar. 
This is a religious duty. This is something that Jesus, in Jesus' day, you know, and our day, anyone should see this as a priority. I'm, I'm fulfilling my responsibility and duty to worship God, which is indeed a very, very, very high priority, no doubt. And yet Jesus says, if you're doing that, and there you remember that you've, your brother has something against you, you've done something to hurt somebody, before you continue worshiping, leave your gift right there at the altar. Leave, go, and first be reconciled to your brother. How do you do this? How do you do this? I've seen this done well, and I've seen it done not well. Can I confess and acknowledge in my own life some of the greatest trials I've ever had are when someone has offended me and has come to apologize or to be reconciled, and they do it really not, they do it poorly. And sometimes because they did it poorly, it caused a bigger problem than than was there in the first place. So let me give you a few hints that I've discovered about how to be reconciled to someone that you've offended. I've got just four suggestions here. Number one, learn to see your offense, what you did, through their eyes. Often, if we, we realize we've done something to offend somebody, and in us, in our mind, we often think it's not that big of a deal, when in their mind it was a big deal. And it's, this is a very common thing. We can, whether we're justifying ourselves or whether we just don't understand why it was more important to them, we might not understand their feelings or whatever. For instance, I know this, someone who I'm really close to can say something uh, to me that's, uh, you know, I, 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 and someone far, far away the same, doesn't have the same effect. You know, students walk by on campus all the time and, you know, call, call me cuss names and yell at me and say the meanest, cruelest things. Doesn't bother me at all let a close friend say that, someone that I've opened up my heart to and I've allowed access deep into my heart, my feelings, let them say something far less hurtful and it can be very, far less crude or rude and it can be very hurtful. So learn to see the offense through the other person's eyes. Why did what you did offend them? Why did it hurt them? How did it come across to them? That's an important thing. Why is that? Because say on a scale of one to 10, if you offend someone at a level of say an eight and you confess to them at a level of say a three, you've left a, a gap there of five that's go, that's gone unconfessed. You think you did your job, but your confession fell far short of what was needed. And therefore you walk away and think everything's fine now, when in reality, now you've added a second offense. The second offense was you didn't understand this person who who you love uh, and who you didn't understand their feelings. You didn't understand how this was coming across to them, and you can compound your offense. Number one, learn to see things through their eyes. Number two, is there an attitude you need to confess in addition to just what you did? For instance, were you angry? Were you impatient? Were you were you uh, were, were you looking down on them? Were you condescending? Were you rude? Things like this. You might just, if you just confess, say what you said without the attitude behind it, you're missing your opportunity, number one, to learn what God wants to be teaching you. Because God doesn't just want to straighten out your words. He wants to straighten out your attitude. You're missing what God might want to be teaching you, and you might be missing the way, you ca- the way in which you cause the deepest offense. Number three, no blame shifting, no excuses. 
No, no saying I did this because you, you did it first or you made me do it or I overreacted to what you were doing wrong in the first place. It's not even good to say I was tired, you know, or something of that nature and try and excuse or look down unless you're saying, unless you're taking full ownership, I shouldn't have done it. I realized it was my fault. It was my fault and no blame shifting. Often, if there is a breakdown in the relationship, both people do need to have some confession. Both people do have some fault. But at this point, it's up to you just to take care of what God wants you to do first. You clear the conscience first. You take care of what you did first, and then allow God to bring upon them. I remember thinking one of the first times I ever did this was with my own mother, and I had to confess some things that I did wrong in in our you know as a when I was a teenager and excited about being a a new Christian, and I was uh, I was thoughtless, and I gave great thought to what I was uh, going to say, and my attitudes were my attitudes, and my words and my actions were wrong. And I expected that when I confessed and acknowledged my shortcoming, my offense, my sin, I had every reason to think that she was going to say, oh, honey, I love you, and, and, and I, I was wrong too, and we, we shouldn't have done what we did, and we, we had harsh words towards you. I was hoping for all that. Instead, after my confession, what did I hear? My mom said, well, you should be sorry. And she just laid into me uh, about how bad it was. Maybe part of my problem was I wasn't understanding how deeply I'd hurt her. I hadn't really, I thought I'd done step one, seen the offense through her eyes. Maybe I hadn't done it thoroughly enough. And therefore my confession and apology fell way short. And she wanted to make sure I really understood it. The bottom line is no blame shifting no accusing, no pointing the finger. When you go to be reconciled, simply point out for that where it starts, this is what I did wrong. If God convicts them, fine. It's not up to you to do that. And finally, ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness. Close the loop. Make sure that you, you bring it to this point. You're not forcing them to forgive you. You're not pressuring them to forgive you. You're asking the kindness that they would forgive you. This is really important. Again, I've had people confess sin to me, and, and it really wasn't an adequate confession. It really wasn't. It really didn't meet what I needed, but they pressured me to say, you do forgive me, don't you? You'll forgive me now, won't you? And that's not the attitude. Rather, it needs to be, can you forgive me? I think here's an example I'd like to share with you about what it can look like, what you can say. And these words, every word here is thought carefully thought out. You may say something like when you ask forgiveness, you may say, I'm sorry, an example, you said something you shouldn't have. I'm sorry for what I said. I was angry and I realized my words were very hurtful. Will you please forgive me? Sometimes I say, can you find it in your heart to forgive me? Let me say it again. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm acknowledging I was wrong. I was angry. I'm getting to my attitude. It wasn't just my words. There was something deeper. I was angry. And I realized my words were very hurtful. I'm seeing things through their eyes. I'm acknowledging that I hurt them. Will you please forgive me? This is a type confession, apology that brings about reconciliation. When Jesus said, go to the altar, he says, go to the altar and pre- pre- present, leave what your gift at the altar. Stop presenting it. Go. He didn't say go and confess. He said, go and be reconciled. 
This is the goal. Go and be reconciled. It's not just to not just to clear your conscience, not just to say, okay, I messed up. Now I'm legally taking care of what I did wrong. Rather, it's saying, I'm seeking reconciliation. On my part, if there's anything I can do, I want to clear it up. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm not going to force you. But on my part, I want to make sure my conscience is clear before both you and God. I've done my part as best I can to make sure that we're reconciled. God loves it when people dwell together in unity. Let's make sure we do our part to have a blameless conscience before others. Father in heaven, we thank you for your ways. We thank you for your desire that we be united, love one another, and that we be one in Christ. I pray, Father, today. I know there's people who listen here who have damaged family relationships, damaged uh, church relationships, damaged relationships with friends or neighbors, so many relationships. And Lord, help us, as far as it depends on us, to be at peace with all men. I know, Lord, there's some people who are angry at us and they won't forgive us, or they're just, they, they hold something against us, and, and maybe there's nothing we can do. But as far as it depends on us, help us to be at peace with all men. I know, Lord, this pleases you. It takes courage, it takes humility, it takes faith, it takes love. And I know, Lord, that when we act in this way, it pleases you. So give us this grace, courage, faith, humility, and love. Search our heart today, Lord. We don't want to just be here uh, trying to find fault with ourselves. But Lord, if your spirit has convicted any of us today, help us to take steps of reconciliation that would please you and that we might have a blameless conscience before both you and others. Thank you, and we bless you. We give you this day in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, I hope this has been helpful. That's why we come here every day. We wanna, we're serious about our walk with God. I know you are too. If you come here regularly, if you've stayed through this, this 15 minutes here, I know you're serious about doing what God wants you to do. The Christian life, at times it's hard, it's difficult, it's challenging, but it sure is satisfying. And indeed, when we do some of the hard things like we've talked about today, and this can be hard, confessing and seeking reconciliation. When we do those hard things, boy, it brings blessing. It brings peace. It brings a good night's rest. It brings sleep at night. It brings peace to our soul that we know, as far as I'm concerned, I've done what I can do. Some others might not accept our apologies. Some others might not want to be reconciled. But as far as our part, we know we've taken the steps that would honor God. And then when we come and present our gift to the altar and worship the Lord, we do so with a good conscience. Thanks for being with me today. If you're new, I hope you join us regularly. We're here every day, 8.30 a.m. live. You can listen later in the day, or you can even listen on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms to the podcast. I hope you just search for Tom the Preacher there. Download it and listen while you're driving to the car or whatever you're walking around the neighborhood, whatever you're doing, you can do that. So I love you guys. So glad to have the chance to be sharing God's word with you. Until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, fill you with courage. In Jesus' name, you have a great day. I love you. Bye-bye.